What's up, everyone? It's 9 o'clock on a Monday, which means we are back with another episode of Tough Scenes on WEGL 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Egan Shankleton. And I'm your co-host, Riley Zepp. And for the next hour, we will be talking all things sports here on the Plains and around the globe. And of course, our picks for the week. I hope you all enjoy the show, and let's get right into it. Yo, 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 yo. We're back. Another episode of Tough Scenes, 91.1 FM, W-E-G-L. Auburn, Auburn. Today's a big show. Big show. Big show. We've got a lot to talk about. Multiple sports. Obviously, the Masters happened this weekend. Shout out John Rahm. Um, then we have the UFC recap. Uh, Adesanya killed Alex Pereira, pretty much. The room is split 50-50 on uh, are we happy about that or not. Yeah, you'll hear about that later in the show. Then we got NBA playoffs. Play-in games that start tomorrow. Um, First-round matchups are set, so we're going to talk about those. And then um, Mock Draft 2.0. It's been probably a month, maybe over a month since our first Mock Draft. Yeah, Tough Scenes Mock Draft 1.0. Yeah, and that draft was we didn't do any trades yet. Yeah. Uh, that was before the Bears trade, and that was also before the Combine. So it's going to look – mock draft will probably look very different. Um, got much more information to base it off of. And then uh, after that, we'll just talk about whatever if we have any time left. But I don't think we will. But uh, start off, what do you do for Easter weekend? Uh, I didn't go home, unfortunately. Uh, I just hung out with some friends, watched the fights on Saturday. Did you uh, – Find any Easter eggs? I did not, unfortunately. I got two Easter eggs in uh, virtual Easter eggs in MLB The Show 23, though. That's pretty good. It might be better. Maybe. Than an actual egg. I don't know. I'm really good at Easter egg hunting, though. Yeah, me too. Like, at one point, your parents say you're, like, too old, but, I mean, that's not cool. I don't I don't think you're ever too old to Easter egg hunt. I know. That's what we should tell our parents. But yeah. I feel like if you say that, you feel like too much of a kid so no one says it yeah it's kind of like the when you're too old to be trick-or-treating i feel like you know maybe that's ridiculous should, yeah maybe i want to go trick-or-treat as well yeah why should, why wouldn't adults trick-or-treat because then you could give out like cool stuff like imagine like adult trick-or-treating you go to a house and they've got like music playing and they give you like they just give you like a beer or something yeah that'd be awesome they can get them one house has like food I'm gonna do that. Whenever I get, whenever, whenever I, you're gonna build your own neighborhood. Yeah, I'm just gonna build my own neighborhood just for adult trick or treating. <laughs> but no, when I get older and I have my own house, I'm gonna plan it out with like my street or something. I'm gonna go, all right, everyone's house got some else, and the parents are gonna go trick or treating on like October 30th. Or, and then yeah. like each house is like one makes like appetizers. I don't know. Yeah. One has the game on. One has the game on, and it's yeah. basically just a block party, but you can walk from house to house in, like, in Halloween. Dude, that's an awesome idea. Yeah, I mean, the kids could go, too. They can have their own trick-or-treat. We, could, it, we just all combine no, one No, kids day. can't come. Well, the, no, kids, kids can. It'll be like kids can come, but. Yeah, we'll get, like, a bounce house. Yeah, we'll get a bounce house. Someone will be the bounce house. And then, like, yeah, someone's house will just be the kid's house. Where all yeah. the kids go, and they, they hang out in the backyard. Yeah. You, you switch every year. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, hire a bunch of babysitters. Parents can have trick-or-treat. Yeah, just a group of babysitters. Yeah. 
You just get like uh, you just. It's like a daycare. Yeah, you just go to like the local high school and like hire the entire cheerleading team. Just be like, hey, every, everyone, pull up. You guys are all babysitters for like someone's house. Yeah, it's it's basically a fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Sure. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. I think who wouldn't want to do like a parents trick or treating where like one house has beers, one house has like actual candy, one yeah. house has like <laughs> pigs in a blanket. They just got appetizers. Yeah. Okay. You guys came here to listen to sports. Just kidding. We're talking about trick or treating. I just gave everyone a great idea. Yeah. That they're all gonna do next year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my Easter, I went to Texas. Yeehaw! I played golf. Yeehaw! Uh, golf in Texas is just hard because, um, like there's just no water. The grass is uh, as dry as can be. Like, uh, oh, it's yeah, like it's literally playing on concrete. Yeah, I'm playing. It's playing on concrete. And uh, I legitimately think the greens were rolling faster on the course I played on Saturday than they were on Augusta because it was so wet. Like, I just I, – I would barely tap it, and it's just off the green. It's I'm a, gone. I actually like fast greens for putting. I don't because, like, every, every fifth putt, I'm going to accidentally just, like, when I'm – Going through my backswing, I just like I don't know what happens. Like I get Tourette's or something, and I just whack it way too hard. Yeah. Like every it's every fifth putt or something. Yeah. And then it's it's just horrible. Well, sometimes it's not fun. Yeah. And it's probably it was it really hot. It wasn't actually that bad, but it was just the, the ground was very dry. Yeah, that's like playing at a sunset. Yeah, I think basically just like the only way you're going to get some like soft fairways and some soft greens in Texas is if you play at like a country club. Yeah. Where they've got a bunch of money to spend on water. A uh, sprinkler system. Yeah. Um, sprinkler system's real big in Texas. Yeah, oh yeah. I bet. But uh then I flew home and that was kind of uh that kind of sucked because I got into Atlanta at like midnight mm-hmm. or like 12:30 Atlanta time and normally uh so I ride one of those, I park at, like, one of those, like, uh, parking places, like, 10 minutes away, and you ride, like, a bus over. Mm-hmm. Normally, buses pick you up on the ground floor, first floor. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're doing, like, construction or something, so it was on the second floor. So I walked to the ground floor, nothing there, very confused. You know, it's like, how am I going to get to my car? Then I realized, there is a second floor. Could be there. Could be there. Walked upstairs. What do you it's know? It's all good. It was all good. Uh, did you fly Delta? No, American Airlines, so I got the, the Biscoff cookies. Oh, I was about to ask, yeah, do you still get the Biscoffs? Dude, um, I, I think I have some in my bag right now because I asked for, like, two. If I have them, I'll give you one. Oh. I have my backpack. Oh. I have my backpack that I flew with. That's. Oh, no way. We got, it might be really broken, but you can hear it. We got Biscoffs. Dude. Dude these are the best cookies ever. That's do. the best part of flying. I almost missed him, too. Had my eyes shut. Woke up. Lady was standing right in front of me holding cookies. And I said, oh, yeah. Give me two, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Here's the, there's one. Oh, this is quality. Thank you, sir. Here, we'll give you guys some uh, uh, ASMR. ASMR. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. It's the best part of flying. Yeah, I'm never going anywhere else. Um. I mean, I'll go unless they have Biscoff. I thought it was only a Delta thing, but I guess it's just. Then they came by 
second time offered me pretzels, and I was like, what do you think? This is a third world country. Give me the yeah, Biscoffs. Yeah, where are the Biscoffs at? Did you get a? Did you get a like a three quarters of a can of soda? Dude, they just American. They gave me the whole can. What? They just gave me a cup of ice and a can. I was like, whoa, look at this. Dude, I need to fly. I know. Let's just take flights and like, and just like you know how basically most planes like. The one I was on was just going back and forth from Dallas to Atlanta all day. Mm-hmm. So we'll just stay on the plane. We'll just yeah. never get off. We'll just keep. Let's we'll go back and forth from Atlanta to Dallas all day. Probably take about like four round trips. Two we're, we're two just, biscoffs per trip. It's like sixteen biscoff packs. And we're just job shadowing the flight attendants. Maybe we should just be flight attendants. Yeah, that, that's how we're going to f- afford to, like, keep our podcast going. But we sell it as, like, we only work together. Like, if you try to s- yeah. split us up, not not, not happening. happening. Yeah. No. Um, Put us together. And maybe we could podcast on the job. Yeah, like, when, like be, I mean, because once you get up in the air. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, what do you, you, you walk by every, like, 30 to 45 minutes with the drink card and the cookies, and then you just sit in the back. We should, uh. Dude, that would actually be, I think people would watch that if it's, like, uh podcast but the setting is just the back of a plane and you can't <laughs> and you can't hear a word we're saying you just hear like the drone of the plane yeah <laughs> it's just a plane asmr yeah um or we can uh become like a you can be a pilot and i could be a co-pilot that would be way harder i, I like the uh flight attendant idea better yeah yeah but yeah if, just we, putting that out there. if we i mean put, we have more privacy if we went through like four out four years of flight school or whatever it is and yeah well you do and then i i go through i get the associates i'm, I'm gonna be the co-pilot yeah i think you also have to be a pilot though <laughs> yeah. to be the co-pilot <laughs> i'll just be like he's my service friend yeah i'm like, like instead of having like a service dog she's like i need riley with me at all times <laughs> so we can just talk about sports Dude, that'd be awesome. I'd have like Stream East pulled up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like flying. Like we're supposed to have like the the GPS, like the radar going, and then we said instead of that, we just turn in that screen into the Stream East screen. Yeah, and then we instead of air traffic control, we just have like uh, we and have we just illegally stream everything, so you yeah. don't have to pay. Yeah, we have the the radio uh, broadcast of like I don't know Hawaii versus New North or New Mexico State, like basketball. Yeah, and then if, if it's ever getting to, like, a really close football game, we'll just fly over the stadium and yeah, circle and it. Just, yeah, Like, we'll, we'll just, just go out of our way be like, hey, there's a game. Like, say we're say we're going to Atlanta to Dallas. Be like, we're going to pass over um, – what's in Dallas? SMU. Like, yeah. we're going to pass over SMU, so we're just going to circle our stadium a few times, watch the game, yeah. and then we'll, we'll carry on. Soak in that, um, that American Athletic Conference, you know, th- those rivalries, you know. Yeah, those – Great uniforms in SMU. Oh, Dallas, baby. Even though the football team will never be back to what it once was. Legally. Legally. TCU, yeah, though. TCU? Um, Where is TCU? Dallas. Is it also in Dallas? Fort Worth, Dallas, same thing. That area is very large. I've come uh, to the Metroplex. Metroplex, metropolitan area. Uh, uh, yeah, they're too good for a metropolitan or metro. They're just the metroplex. It's extremely spread out. Yeah, a lot of roads. Um, a lot of roads. A lot of money. A lot of uh, people. That's yeah. for sure. Um, a lot of people in the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex. Uh, there, yeah. there has to be another city that, like, 
that just got left out of being involved in the Dallas Fort Worth like the label. Oh, Arlington is in the middle of them. Yeah, it could have been Darlington or Arlington uh, is literally like if you Darlington. look at a map, Arlington is literally in between Dallas and Fort Worth. <laughs> no one, it's just Dallas Fort Worth. Yeah, it it's could not, have been the Dallas Arlington Metroplex, but they, they had, dude, if I was the mayor of Arlington, I'd be so like Yeah, you're just like what 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 the heck? You just leave us out for no reason? It could have been the DAFW. Yeah, I guess DFW does roll off the tongue pretty nice, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna look up a map actually. <laughs> just like show, just show you how. Map time here on Tough. Dallas, take. There's a Dallas, Georgia. Yeah, I lived there. Did you really? Yeah. For like three years. Um. Yeah, it's really weird when I tell people. Yeah, I used to live in Dallas. They're like, oh, Dallas, Texas. Well, yeah, here's Dallas. Nope. Here's Fort Worth. <laughs> and there's Arlington right in the middle of it. Yeah, Fort Worth is like far yeah, away. It could have been D- the Dallas Irving Metroplex, or the Dallas Plano, or the Metroplex. Dallas Mesquite. Why can't they just be their two their own two things? Why do they have to be together? Yeah, Fort Worth is like out there, too. Yeah, like it's a solid hour drive to go from Fort Worth to Dallas. But yet the international airport's the Dallas slash Fort Worth International Airport. But it's not even in Dallas, nor is it in Fort Worth. Where's it, that? It looks like it's in Grapevine. It is. It could have been this the Grapevine is, Metroplex. This is ridiculous. It's the Grapevine International Airport. Yeah, Vine. come on now. Like, it's not even... It's It's close to the it's Arlington. It's also old and kind of dirty, and it's just, like, not that cool. I mean, it, it's, an airport. it's the American hub, though. It is. It's a... Uh, where they hide all the Biscoff cookies. Yeah, and I think Charlotte's also an American Airlines hub. If um, you could be a flight attendant for any airline, what would it be? Delta, for sure. Delta? Yeah, I feel like Delta is like the apple of airlines. If I could, I think I'd want to be like a... I've flown it once. If I could, I think I'd want to be like a flight attendant on like Qatar Airways. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like, like that would just be like a really nice plane. yeah. Those are, like, the nicest. I didn't even think about that. I've never seen them at an airport. Yeah, because I think they're only, like, not in America. Are they? Do they fly in America? Are there, like, Qatar Airway, like, places I mean, where there's, like... Atlanta's the busiest airport in the in the world, I would have thought. Never that. seen Qatar. Maybe it's, like, literally only flights to and from Qatar. I mean, that makes sense. I have no idea, though. Um, they got a lot of money. They sponsor a lot of teams. They sponsor a lot of things, especially the Emirates Airlines. Can you imagine being like a plane bartender? Like for one of those type of flights? It was like first class flight and there's like a bar on it. I feel like that would be just doing anything on a plane where you're on a plane for like multiple hours in a day. Like that'd be weird. Hold on. I'm looking up like there's the Emirates Airlines route map. Like, on the website. Probably fly a bunch of places. Let's see. Qatar Airways. Doha to Dallas. Um, Yeah, they fly to Qatar Airways. will fly to Dallas, Fort Worth. Which is actually in Grapevine. Which is actually Grapevine International Airport. Yeah. Um, that's talking airports. That's talking airports. Oh, uh, the Denver Airport is uh, run by the Illuminati. Yeah, apparently, there's something fishy with that. Yeah, airport. what's it? There's like a conspiracy that there's like a large like 
they they built something like real top secret underground that no one knows about, and then they just put an airport on top of it. Yeah, that's a conspiracy theory. I don't know why they would put an airport like a very busy place over something top secret. Also um, in a major city, but yeah, I mean, I mean that would make Denver sense. Airport not in Denver, not in Denver. It's it's one of those grapevine situations. Let's uh-huh. look this up. Denver International Airport. Uh, well, we got to go to PSAs when we come back. We'll uh, we'll finish up our airport talk, and then we'll talk about the Masters. Talk about the Masters and how Brooks Kepka is dead to me. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. All right, we're back. More tough scenes here. WEGL 91.1 FM. And I just looked at a tweet, and uh, tankathon.com did a lottery simulation, and the Spurs got the number one overall pick. I hope it's real. You guys have the best uh, odds? Second best. All right. Isn't it just the top three the same? It's all like 14%? I guess so. <coughs> and it's, it's uh, I think it's Detroit, us, and, San- and uh, Houston. Yeah. Let's think here. Where would the NBA rig it for when Bayama to go? Where, do the, where does the NBA? NBA Dallas. Or Grapevine, depending on where American Airlines Arena is. Where does the NBA want Victor to go? I mean, I'm hoping. Should we save this for NBA talk or just, yeah. should we just be a separate thing? But I got to see where American Airlines Center is. It says it's in Dallas. Okay. So it yeah, is that, one's, Dallas that one's in Dallas. It's in, like, close to downtown Dallas. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> the Masters. Wait, where's the Denver Airport? It's in Aurora. It's not Denver. So Aurora Airport. Yep. Aurora International Airport. So the Masters happened this weekend. Uh, it did happen. Biggest golf tournament of the year. Oh. Um, which is weird why they played in April to me. I mean, I kind of I get it as to like April probably is the best um, weather like temperature wise. But which, what happened to the saying April showers bring May flowers? Of course it's going to rain in April. Yeah. Like, why don't they play it in May? They have the flowers. Uh, Because the Masters is the Masters, and it's going to look beautiful no matter what. Yeah, so happened this weekend. John Rahm won his first Masters, his second major. Fourth Spaniard. Fourth Spaniard and the first European ever to win the U.S. Open and the Masters. Hmm. So he's won both the... Two of the three majors on American soil. And I think all four of the Spaniards that have won the Masters are from the Basque region, which is, uh, you know, it's like its own country within a country. Really? It's like Quebec in Canada. Do they have a different language? They speak Basque. Oh, hmm. But they also speak Spanish. They speak both. Like, I think, like, I forget, it was either a book or a documentary did, like, a thing on, like, um... Some areas of the world are just really good at one sport, like the Dominican Republic for baseball. Dagestan, um, wrestling. Dagestan, re- like Russia, wrestling. Uh, Japan for women's golf. Um, maybe Basque for men's golf. Maybe. The Basque region. They, I mean, they have a dynasty right now. Yeah, they do. Um, also, Arizona State was uh, got number one and two in the Masters this weekend. Phil Mickelson and John Rahm both went to Arizona State. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would hope uh, that they had good golfers since they have perfect golf weather year round. 
Yeah, it's the perfect school for a golfer. Like you just, you know, like a lot of distractions though. A lot of distractions, but it's like you just go out for your round in the morning and then you just kind of drink and party all night. Sounds like the perfect. Yeah. Yeah, no, when you put it like that, that makes a lot so, of sense. So, uh here was the top Top, uh, I won't go through the, the whole top ten, but I'll say like some of the big there names. There was a lot of ties. Yeah, a lot of ties. So John Rom, he won minus twelve, <laughs> four shot lead, kind of just cruised to victory. Double all. bogeyed the first hole of the entire tournament. Yeah, thanks to Zach Ertz. Yeah, um, John Rom. Then in second, we had two guys at minus eight, Brooks Kepke, uh, who was leading pretty yeah. much the entire tournament. Yeah, pretty much. It and was then brutal. Phil Mickelson. Comeback of the year. I think this he is the ol- the oldest guy to get like top five at a major. He's fifty two. Right, definitely the Masters. Definitely the Masters. He's fifty two in ten months. Um, man, he is uh, Russell really Hen- not that old. Yeah, Russell Henley. Which uh, the whole time I was like, who is this guy? Is that the guy that they kept on saying was from Georgia? He's from Macon, Georgia. Probably. Uh, Patrick Reed in his Las Vegas Aces uh, shirt. Yeah. Jordan Spieth, Victor Hovland, Cam Young, um, who's sponsored by just he's just sponsored by baseball. Yeah, that's awesome. And isn't he sponsored by the Mutual Bank of Omaha as well? Yeah. Apparently, the reason he has the MLB sponsorship is because he just grew up playing at the same country club as Jay Mon. Uh, not Jay Monahan. Who's the? Oh, uh, Rob Manfred. Oh, really? Is that the MLB commissioner? Yeah. I was thinking it might have been the older commissioner. Yeah, he just, like. as a kid, he just grew up playing at the same place as Rob Manfred, and Rob Manfred was like, well, whenever you turn pro, you're going to get a sponsorship for MLB, and he, he can get free tickets to any ballpark, in the United, and like, whenever he wants to go, wherever he's at, he can get free tickets. I, another reason why golf is the best professional sport to play. Yeah, I feel like golf, you more than almost any other sport, like, rich guys, like, businessmen want to be your friend. Yeah. Like, they want everyone, like, every rich businessman in, would want to be John Rom's friend. I also think that, like, <clears throat> with Live now, how you get guaranteed money, like, that has to be pretty awesome for being a pro golfer. Yeah, think about Bruce Kepko, kind of, if – like he doesn't care about the other event. If he simply cares about majors, he kind of hit the lottery. Cause it's like, yeah, I just get paid a hundred million dollars all year to go like basically have a hobby and play like one live event every week. I mean every month, and then I just show up to the majors and wreck everybody. Still, yeah. So uh, it's like I don't. He did get second. He did get second. Like he's still one of the best in the world. Yeah, no, he was the best in the world for three days. Yeah, li- no, literally up until Sunday morning, the, the the day of Sunday. Yeah, yeah, because uh, weather made him play thirty holes on uh, Sunday, and that's just too which much. Which is not not fair. Um, and he was also stuck behind probably the slowest golfer of all time. Yeah, Patrick Cantlay. So so basically, they or Cantlay. They were like, I think they. We're about to finish the eighth hole on Saturday, and then they blew the horn. It was raining too much. So they had to come out, play the last 12 holes of the round three Sunday morning, and then obviously round four. And at that point, like when 
It stopped uh, on Saturday. They called it. He was up four strokes. Yep. And then he ended up losing by four strokes. So there's an eight-stroke swing uh, to John Rahm on on just Sunday. You really hate to see it. I I mean, it would have been too perfect for me to get the Masters winner and the March Madness winner correct in the same year. I really um, wanted to see a live golfer win. Me too. Just because of the drama it would cause. Yeah. Especially if it was Phil. Can you imagine if it was Phil won it? Yeah, because then like people can't really because everyone likes Phil. I think still, even after the. Uh, live I stuff. think people don't really like him to be honest. Yeah, but like if Phil wins a major, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh man!" Look I at was. Phil. I mean, He's I 52. was happy for Phil. This was he went minus seven on the last day, T two, and that would have been what his fourth green jacket. Yeah. Fourth green jacket, which is crazy to say. He's got, like, it's crazy to think that John Rom just won his first, and we're like, he's one of the best golfers ever, and Phil's like, I got three. Yeah, and he's left-handed. And he's left-handed. People forget. <laughs> yeah, Phil Mickelson. It's just cool to see an old guy just tearing it up. Yeah, and it's weird that he's really skinny now, too. I know it is. He, he has lost a lefty. lot of weight. Um, he, I mean, he looks better at 52 than he did for probably uh, all of his 40s. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, he came out and said, like, wasn't all of his 40s he was just, like, drinking and gambling? Like, wasn't uh, really living I, I mean, I could definitely I could see it. I, I think, I think he came out and said that at some point. But uh, Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson, and Brooks Kepka, three live guys all um, in the top four of the Masters. So, there's some pretty good guys over there, over at Live. Yeah, maybe the PGA should uh, let them play in both. You know who was not good? Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. He sucked. I don't know what he did, but... Par 67. Par 67. Since he said that, I think he's... um, What, like 18? Yeah, like 18 plus. or 19 over par. Yeah. Something like that, which then, is uh, horrible. And then, so like 30-something over yeah. his par 67. You just hate to see that in a golf tournament. Like a guy, like, just fall apart. Or like every shot he takes is just kind of not going where he wants it to. They're just like leaking a little too far out right to left, so he's kind of in the trees. And then there's another guy, John Rahm, who's just throwing darts. Yeah, I mean, that first shot was really like the... It had a fair way, though. Yeah, uh, Brooks pulled his driver really badly, which was an ongoing theme of the final round. Yeah. He made the ninth fairway on the first hole. Does that count for fairways and regulation? It should. It's a it fairway. Should, it's just a fairway. Yeah. His fairway percentage went up. Yeah, but you just... Maybe not fairways and, and uh, regulation. You hate to see it because he was the best golfer for the first three days. He only had like two bogeys throughout those three rounds. And then just woke up Sunday and was like, um, nope. Must have been on the wrong side of the bed. Must have woke... Yeah, facts, because um, uh, he did not play well. I think he, he was plus three. For his final round, he finally got a birdie though in that in that last round. I mean, it was looking bad. Like he went like twenty three straight holes without a birdie. Yeah, and then and like he was still in first, fifteen and sixteen, he got birdies, and it was like <sighs> it's just too late for comeback. Yeah, but, and then uh, of course Rom did as well. Yeah, I mean Rom is just like when he's playing his best. Like he's the best golfer in the world when he's playing good golf, mm-hmm. and. uh he played good golf on Sunday, and I mean, best. There's no one that can beat him. Maybe Scotty on his best day, but John Rahm uh, is clearly, to me, number one in the world. Um, and he 
He had a really cool practice round shot where he skipped the water and got a hole in one. Yeah, he just basically I saw a video of him with some YouTubers. You ever uh, watch Good Good Golf? Yeah, he like sits there and practices for hours, like skipping the water. Yeah, he just like he'll just sit and like they're like, all right, we're doing a trick shot. You gotta skip it across the water and see who can put it closest to the hole. And they had all these like Callaway guys come through, and they would take like a couple shots, two or three, and they'd be like, "Okay, see you guys." General just like sat there for an hour and was like, "I'm just gonna like I'm becoming obsessed with this shot." Yeah. And so that's what he does. He'll just so he can basically just I want to see John Rom do an entire round of trick shots. Yeah, be a, I mean, his entire round of trick shots, he'll have way less strokes than me at any. Yeah, like, like his tee shot should be like. Golf. His tee shot should be like I'm gonna hit an extremely low like stinger, and then the second shot he's like, watch this, I'm gonna hit a flop shot with like a four iron, <laughs> and then like he putts with like a driver. Yeah, and he'd still be better than me. Probably, but uh, yeah, Brooks Kepka, uh, was never really a fan of Brooks. Actually, was a probably a hater of Brooks Kepka, and then this week, Welcome. then this week I was like, I'm joining the going to the dark side. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm cheering Brooks Kepka on because I just want a live guy to win, and he's probably you know the best chance at that happening. Also, cool dude. And then he just went out on Sunday, and went plus three. Oh, it's all Brooks Kepka tracker on Twitter's fault too. Yeah, it's like I'm. It's like that one thing. You're like I'm not. You like he he got into a beef with Big Cat. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I just weirdo. Yeah, but weird, Brooks Kepka and Greenberg, you hate to see it. I sent Egan an entire like a uh, thread of tweets, and hit. Oh, Egan made a Twitter. I did make a Twitter. Um, and I, I like just, Twitter. I just sent him a bunch of tweets of people blame like me blaming people for uh, Brooks losing the Masters because it wasn't his fault. It was th- these people's fault. I basically was just upset at Brooks because I wanted. I want her, I want him to be tied, like coming like in the second nine. I want him to be tied. Yeah, we didn't get that. I want like coming down like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, like maybe one shot back, or they're tied. Like that would be awesome. These past two masters have just been like three or four shot leads the entire back nine. Now, obviously, the morning and you know the beginning of round four was super awesome because John Rahm was still be- like behind and he had to catch back up, which is pretty cool. But then after that, not that interesting. Yeah, uh, we also have to go to PSAs. We do have to go to PSAs. Um, yeah, no, it, it, the past three Masters, maybe uh, yeah, even past four Masters, if you're counting the DJ one, that was just pure domination, have not been like. Extremely entertaining final rounds, like yeah. we wanted. But that's kind of good for me because uh, I took a mid-final day nap. It is good because you can kind of just like because w- once it gets kind of late, like you 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 can watch maybe eleven holes to the feature group, and then you're like, all right, this can this is a lot of golf. Yeah, I need this to speed up a little bit. And so you just snap from hole eleven, and then you wake up and you're like, all right, around seventeen, sick. Yeah, I, I woke up at probably 14, and I saw Phil was in second place. I was like, I just missed a lot of good golf, but, I mean, it's the best nap of the year. Yeah, I basically said, okay, um, Brooks is – it was right when John Rom took the lead and Brooks was down, like, one shot. I was like, I'm going to take a nap, 
I'm going to wake back up, and Brooks is going to be in the lead again. Yeah, that's kind of what – yeah, that was – And I woke back up, and I was like, four shots! Oh, my God, this is out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough scene for Brooks, but uh, it was a good – John Rahm is just – he's a classy dude. Yeah. And, like, I'm happy for him. But we got to go to PSAs. We're late. Uh, we'll be back in a second. Hola! More tough scenes here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Yeah, well, you know, wrap up the Masters real quick. Um, way too, way too early predictions for next year's Masters. I'm gonna say someone's gonna win it. Um, but uh, what are some other big names that are up towards the top? Oh, Sam Bennett. Oh yeah, how do we just forget about Sam Bennett? Amateur. Amateur. That was awesome. Yeah, it was, was he? It was amateur of us. Is he like America's favorite person right now? I don't know. He kind of disrespected the course. He did, but I, I almost, I kind of like it. He's uh, a little, got some balls on this kid. I like it. I don't because uh, I would never disrespect the course. Augusta, if you're listening to this, please cannot win membership. <laughs> please let me play one time. I won't yeah. even bring my phone like w- yeah. with me on the trip. I'll yeah. leave it in Alabama. Please. But, uh, yeah, so Sam Bennett, um, what was he? He's minus eight after two rounds, and his last two rounds weren't too good. But he still finished top ten. Uh, not, or maybe not top ten, but he top finished uh, T-16. Yeah, he was four places off of uh, getting the invite for next year. And uh, but dude, I I think that I mean he played really well, and hopefully he's on the PJ Tour one day because he was fun to root for. Yeah, um, you always. I'm not really seen an amateur do this well before. So no, I think and then they were showing that like the him compared to like the other amateurs that have done really well and there were amateurs that have there's three amateurs that have gotten second before I like how you're saying amateur because it is a masters it's not amateur that's what they said all weekend i can't yeah. get it out of my head amateur and like, they're not fans either they're patrons they're patrons um, dude I, it just they brainwash you every weekend because you sit there and you listen to the birds and that's what hypnotizes you and then whatever yeah, they it say serenades you into sleeping yeah it hypnotizes you and then whatever they say you just automatically pick up so they start saying amateur and you're like amateur I and should edit patron patron this is what gets put <laughs> into your head I should edit like uh nature noises into the pod like every tough scenes yeah uh, on Spotify throwing yeah. some fake birds like they do yeah I actually don't believe in that and they're fake trees yeah, that well, fell down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. If I was one of those people by that tree, as soon as it fell, I'm going and laying, and I'm trying to like wedge my leg under it, maybe a little bit, and, and I'm going, ah, oh, ah, oh, please help! I got hit by the tree because, dude, there's what's the best place? Who who's the best place? Best person or best place to sue in the world? Jeff Bezos one, Elon Musk two, Augusta National three. Yeah, like I, if you can get a lawsuit from Augusta National, you're gonna get paid so much money. We were talking about this in class earlier, uh, me and the rest of the class and the professor. I wouldn't sue them for money. I would sue them like I wouldn't even sue them. I'd just get like a an agreement that I have a membership there now. It's like I, I get don't want to, your money. I want your golf course. Yeah, it, or it's like I get to play in the par three contest every year. No, I just I want a membership. You want a membership? I want a membership. <laughs> and then you show up every single day. You play 36 holes every day. Um, yeah. yeah, dude. The uh, trees fell down. Um, how, I don't know how that happens at the Masters. I feel like everything is so buttoned up. They just don't check, don't check the trees. Yeah, how are the, the trees don't have rebar in them? Yeah, you don't. they're not fake trees with like a metal pole in the center of it? Yeah, they're not. They don't have a great foundation. You're telling me these are real trees? Yeah. Another thing I figured out, the... 
greened. Well, the sand isn't sand. It's quartz from North Carolina. It's ground up quartz. Um, that's why it's so white. Yeah, it's, that's why it's so white, and that's why it's so like much more fine than other sand. It does look like powdered sugar. And then, uh, so it's, it's not really sand. And then the greens have like air conditioning systems under them, to where like, no matter what the temperature is and how like rainy it gets, there's like pipes and drains and stuff to where they can control. Imagine being a, that stuff. The, the HVAC guy on you know like the 16th hole of Augusta National. I feel like you get paid like two hundred fifty grand a year just for doing that at Augusta National. People say the trade industry is dying. Yeah, but uh, so Augusta National is just the craziest course um, in a, in the world, probably. Yeah. Uh, I still think I could probably shoot eighty. Doesn't seem too hard. Uh, I don't think. I'd love to see if I could break one hundred fifty. I think I could break one hundred fifty if. Like my problem is from the in, tips, I don't think I'm breaking 200. My problem is in golf is I don't take any time on my shots. Like, like you know, I drive drop the golf cart up, like get to my ball, just get out, be like, this looks like it's seven iron distance. Grab my seven iron, uh, maybe like take a practice swing, and then just set up at my ball and hit it. Like I don't really have any thoughts about it. I think if I had a caddy and I took. Not like the same amount of time as pro golfers did, but well, Patrick Cantley. Yeah, if I took Patrick Cantley's time, I think I'd actually be pretty solid. Cause if I, but like I think if I just took maybe like thirty seconds before the shot and like thought about it a little bit, be like I want to hit it like, got you know it's like it's on a down slope below my feet, so I got to put a little bit further back in my stance, you know, open up a little bit. Whereas normally I would just go up and like top it, be like what the, what the heck? I think. I think the opposite. I think that if I take my time and think about it more, I'm gonna mess it up more. Really? So sometimes I feel like I need to just walk. Yeah, up I know. There you need to. I need to have like. There's like the perfect. There's the happy median. Like you can definitely think too much about it, but I need to think. Just I need to just think about it. Cause right Kinda now, like right now, no thinking. I'm just walking up and hitting the ball. Yeah. So it's like I need to just think a little bit, but not too much. Cause you got definitely, you could definitely think way too much. And you're just standing over the ball and like staring at it for like thirty seconds, and you're like, "Am I gonna swing at any time?" Man, I just walk and I. I just want to putt on those greens. Yeah, uh, because they're they they are hard, but I kind of like I, I I like the speed of the greens. What can I say? So someone was saying like, where where would you have to start to be able to win the Masters? And I'm I was saying like literally right off the green, like fifteen feet from the hole. Because, like, if you're expecting me to, like, make Paul, like, get it in the hole in four shots or three sometimes, I need to be, like, on the green. Because <laughs> Every, everyone in the comments is like, 150 yards out, I, I could win it from there. I'm like, dude, no, you're not. Like, who, who what? You, and what, like, average golfer that's a 15 handicap is shoot, playing from 150 yards out and hitting, like, every green and two-putting it? None. None, yeah. Like, I would have to be on the green – 15 feet away, honestly, probably five feet away, and I'd still three-putt it somehow. Maybe, yeah. But then I could win the Masters if I started every hole 10 feet away from the hole. I wonder if uh, professional golfers have thought about just, like, ordering a green jacket. Yeah, just, like, just t- like I mean, getting I, a I know, fake one. I know it's not the same, but, like, it's it's just a green jacket. You could just, like, put it on and wear it around your house and pretend, like, just, I won the Masters. In my, in my dream, 
that I had last night, I won the Masters. So I got a, a green jacket on the way. Yeah, I always – I wonder, like, I'm waiting for a time where the guy who won it – like, because obviously Scotty Scheffler, like, he put it on John Rahm, but he finished, like, an hour before, so we had time to, like, get ready and stuff. I'm waiting for the time that the guy who – like, I want, I want Scotty Scheffler to be, like, in the final group and, like, get second. Oh. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you imagine that, like – Imagine it was yesterday. It was Scotty Scheffler instead of Brooks Kepka, and it was like way more close than it was. And they're coming down final like three, four holes, only one shot difference. Maybe Scotty Scheffler's up one shot, and then he bogeys the next hole. John Rahm birdies. It's all tied up. The drama. Then 18, John Rahm birdies. Maybe even goes to a playoff. Imagine <laughs> it went to a playoff. With the you're previous, writing, you're writing golf fan fiction. With the right previous, now. it is golf fan. I should write golf uh, like children's books. But like, imagine went to a playoff with John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, and John Rom won, and then Scotty Scheffler after just like losing an intense, heated playoff battle has <laughs> to put it on the guy he just lost to. Now picture this. Do you think he but would it's a like? Live guy. Do you think he would have a live guy wins it? That like, would be imagine great. if it was Brooks that won it. And like Rory McIlroy had to put it oh. on him. <laughs> <laughs> They'd just be throwing hands. Like, do you think Scotty Scheffler would like just be like, "I'm just gonna take the uh, like, I'm gonna try to be the bigger man here and just like fake smile, put it on him, and then just get out of here"? Or you just be like, just throw it at him? <laughs> like, you put it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you five years old? Need help putting on your jacket? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah no you're I do want to see this. That would be awesome. Uh. Especially if it was, like, Patrick Reed. Because I feel like it's always, like, last year when Hideki put it on, Scotty Scheffler, he was, like, you know, 15th or something like that. If I wanted to be, the guy who won the previous year gets second place next year. It would be all in the final group. Yeah. No, that, yeah. And I just need. Like in a playoff. Yeah. I wanted, I think it would also be cool if, uh. Like it was like old like legends of the game put on the green jacket like it was like Jack Nicholas or something I think that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like your I like your other option better though. Yeah, that would that would be just oh, great TV. Then, <laughs> <laughs> I just got a text from my dad. Can't say it on over, over air. I'll, I'll tell you over break. Um, which we do have to go to PSA soon. But before we go to PSAs, uh, Tiger Wood Tiger Woods made the cut. He made the cut. Twenty three consecutive cuts. He he withdrew, but he made the cut. So that's all that really matters. Yeah, that that's, uh, that just just sucks to see him limping around. Yeah, from what I saw on Twitter, apparently I think it was Jason Day said that uh, one of his surgically repaired like screws, like in his surgically yeah. repaired leg, like poked out of his skin. That that's pretty nasty. Think that hurt? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, definitely was yeah. uh, one of the worst pains Tiger Woods has uh, experienced. Yeah. Apart by getting hit uh, with a golf club by his ex-wife. Uh, and that still doesn't equate to the pain of uh, watching Brooks Kepka choke the second Masters. Yeah. Because he, he also choked one to, to Tiger. To Tiger. And that one was like... But that one was okay, though, because, because it, was it was like to Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. yeah. This one is just like... Just the thought of... Which is... I think that he plays... Like, he plays it like Mr. Joe Cool. Like, I don't really... Like, I just want golf be 12 holes... But I think that Brooks Kepka is way more of a golf is like way more of a golf nerd than everyone thinks. Like I think he wants he knows what that Masters title means as a golfer, and he wants that so bad that when he gets like it's happened twice now. It got Sunday and he fell apart. Hey, third time's a charm. 
Third time's charm. We'll get it next year. Yeah. All right. PSAs. All right. We're back. More tough scenes here on WEGL 91.1 FM. And uh, I have a friend. Uh, me and Egan both have a friend. Uh, his name rhymes with... Uh, Shaley? Shaley. Uh, he is a Braves fan. Me and him are both Braves fans. And he's watched every game this year. And he's in midseason form for having meltdowns about the Braves. I don't know if it's midseason. Postseason form. Yeah, postseason form. Um, it's great. He has said that our high school team would uh, beat the 2023 Braves. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with him. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. sending me stats. He the wants... Braves are 3-32 with runners in scoring positions in the past 32 at-bats. Um, he does not like Ozzy Albies, Eddie Rosario, and Marcelo Zuna right now, uh, and Sean Murphy. And and especially right now, uh, A.J. Minter, he said, Minter blew the game. Ha, 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 <laughs> um, And then he said, fire AA, fire Snit, it's time to clean house. Um, I, would, I want one of the, uh, I want him to be like the manager of the Braves. Well, he, well, it's funny you say that. Because I told I told him we're about to mention you on the show, and he texted me AA out hashtag Maga in, genius. Yeah, I mean, if he was, I would love to see him be the manager of the Braves. Like after they have a bad game, just get cut. <laughs> like <laughs> good to, straight to the minors. I think that Bailey. Uh, <laughs> I just I just said That's his, name. his name. My bad. Uh, I think that Bailey should be the uh, instead of the you know how football coaches have like the holdback coaches. He should be an Atlanta Braves writer. He should be he should be the uh like I'm gonna go get ejected for you, manager. Yeah. yeah instead like, of a holdback guy, he's the opposite. He's, yeah, instead of the actual manager getting ejected, he's just like, Will you go yell at that um just to know that we're mad at him, but I don't wanna leave. Yeah. So you go do it. Yeah, he's gonna be the strategic ejection guy. And I think he'd be great at it. Yeah, and also whenever a manager goes out there and gets ejected, always riles the crowd up too. Yeah. Like that's and great see, for a team around. You see, you see it. His lanky his lanky self going out there. Yeah. Just going screaming at a like an umpire who looks massive because <laughs> all umpires look massive with the pads on. And he's just, you know, he's I just I think that's a qualification. Like yeah. when when they hire umpires, they're like, put the pads on. And if they look if they don't look like Mr. Incredible back there, like, yeah, yeah, you're not going to work. I'm going to talk to my uh, connects with the Atlanta Braves that I have because I have so many. Uh, Bailey's going to be the ejection guy, but he can only get ejected while doing dumbbell curls. So he has to get a pump first before he goes to get ejected. And he has to wear, like, a string like a string or, like, a white beater or something when yeah, he walks out there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I like that. I think he'd be down for that. That was, uh, was Bailey talking. <laughs> But um uh, yeah, so all's next that was the Masters. Um any final thoughts on the Masters before we move on? Um uh I mean they're undefeated against me, uh, in nap time. They put me to sleep every year. Yeah. Um uh, greatest nap of the year. Yeah, golf is just the perfect background for um, napping. But I, uh, uh and NASCAR. Yeah, I yeah, NASCAR too, if it's like if the Kyle first, Bush is not in first place. The first 250 laps of 255 laps. Like, if it's... It's the greatest. My parents call it nap car. No, like, I want to watch the first 20 laps. I want to watch the start and the first 20 to see kind of, like, who's fast, who's not. And then, like, 
up in, and then the last 20 laps, I want to watch as well. But in between there, yeah, nap time. See, it doesn't really matter too much. That's the difference between me and you is that uh, I can't tell when a car is fast or not. Well, I <laughs> mean. Based off the first 20 laps. I just basically go like, oh, that guy in first, he fast. Yeah, he's fast. <laughs> that guy passed a lot of people, he fast. Yeah. Like, I, it's not very much science to it. I'm kind of just like. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Please tell me there's a science to it. Yeah, I look at how they enter the corner, and, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the car's, like, bumping around a lot. Yeah, no good. No bueno. Um, also, uh, Daryl Waltrip's not there to say boogity, boogity, boogity anymore. Yeah, that, that honestly, like, having him up in the booth was made it a better experience. For People sure. say NASCAR died with Dale, but I think NASCAR died when Daryl Waltrip Dude, wasn't. People hate uh, – like the viewer, like the viewership has gone down, like, like every year for the past nope. ten years. That's a fact. No and boogie, no watch. Yeah, basically since he retired, it's just gone downhill, and everyone hates Fox Sports. Like, so Fox Sports covers the first half of the year, and then NBC, NBC covers the second half of the year, and every, no one is likes Fox Sports right now. Which I'm gonna be honest, they miss a lot of stuff. Like they'll be talking about someone and something else will happen on the track and then they'll go back to it and they'll be and they'll be like, Wait, how'd that guy go from fifteenth to twenty eighth? What happened to him? I and think it just didn't get shown on the broadcast. <laughs> I think uh for NASCAR to increase their ratings, they need an alternate broadcast where they like they it's like the Manning cast where they have half of the screen showing the race and then the other half with just like the drunkest fans. And they just need to have someone with like a real deep southern draw like up in a booth like Daryl Waltrip was. Yeah. Where he could say like cool stuff like boogie boogie boogie. Yeah, I mean I can do a fake one, NASCAR, if you're looking. Uh I can do a fake country accent pretty well and I can kinda of commentate. I mean it's it's just you're driving. You're yeah. like, oh look over there. Look, he went he, left. He he passed him. Left. Oh, and he, got he went lo- left. He got loose. He got loose. All right, he's driving straight right now. Oh, left. Hard left. He's still going left. Left, oh. left, left. Oh, back straight. He's oh, going boogie. straight again. Oh, he's going boogie. straight again. Oh, my God. He's turning so hard left right now. Left, left, more left. He's going left still, and now he's back straight again. See, that's our addition. <laughs> that's our addition. Oh, man, he's going 200 miles per hour? Oh, man, that's fast. They yeah they actually they should have a Manning cast of NASCAR with people that don't know anything about NASCAR. <laughs> no, like people like some Southern dudes who go to Talladega that like if you ask them they they think they have a PhD in NASCAR, but it's really just like, we're Jeff Gordon still out there. Yeah, we need like the NASCAR Heat player base. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and yeah, also, like you know how they say Troy Aikman and Joe Buck always get hammered before their broadcasts. We need the NASCAR people to actually do that. Yeah. Like Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer's He was good. Jack Daniels' car. He was Jack Daniels' car. Why isn't he still sponsored by Jack Daniels? He'd, in the booth. He'd be chugging Jack Daniels in the booth. Yeah, that'd make things a little interesting. Yeah. Tony Stewart just eats a bunch of Oreos and drinks Coke all day. <laughs> yeah, no, he's wearing like the Home Depot orange apron. Yeah, wasn't he sponsored by Burger King for oh, a while yeah, he at 1.2? Just he's just, whopper, Whopper, Whopper. He's like, just, like, they should have him sing that. Like, he's just slamming Whop. Like, <laughs> like Clint Boyer and him are just down and... Jack Daniels, and they're just, like, eating Whoppers, like, super sloppy because they're hammered. Yeah, and they're like, oh, this race is awesome. Tony Stewart's, like, trying to climb the, like, the press box wall like it's a, <laughs> like a rock yeah, wall. Yeah, he's trying to climb. <laughs> like, there's, like, a, like, there's, like, some plexiglass in between yeah. him, and, like, in between him and the racetrack for, like, sound or stuff, and he's, like, trying to get over the glass wall. Yeah, he's like, y'all, y'all need to hear this. <laughs> yeah, he like, just puts on he's a holding a microphone over, like, listen to these cars. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's actually just him with his with his mouth <laughs> going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony Stewart, oh, dude, let us be, let us own NASCAR. We should be in charge dude. of marketing of yeah. NASCAR because right now, obviously, they don't do a good job. I like Brooks kept you said we're spitting facts right now. Spin facts. Um, um, that's talking NASCAR. <laughs> Brooks Kepka should be a NASCAR driver, dude. Why not? He doesn't have the name. You know, I think Brooks. But if we said it like Brooks Kepka, then maybe because he's like the foreign. Like, he's like here's he's, the new, the new guy from from F1. Yeah, here's a, the new guy coming from France, Brooks. Yeah, it's literally we're just talking about the 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 story of Talladega Nights. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, uh, Borat came over and stole the show. Yeah. What was his name? Oh, man. I'm going to look it up. Uh, but, yeah, that was talking auto sports. Um, yeah, Bristol Dirt happened yesterday. That was pretty cool. They should be, I, wish, I wish they would do some more races on dirt. It was... Uh, yeah. Jean, Jean Girard. Yeah, Jean Girard. Jean Girard. Crepes are good. They're like them thin pancakes. <laughs> oh, I had me a bunch of them earlier this morning. Yeah. But uh, we almost had to go to PSAs again, but... Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about UFC next. Yeah. So I guess we can start. UFC 289, Israel Adesanya. 87. 87. That's Israel Adesanya knocked out Alex Pereira in the second round. Um, Gilbert Burns also beat Nori Mazadal, who retired after the fight. Yeah. And... Uh, Rosas. Rosas 18, lost. 19-year-old lost. Uh, got his first L... Should have won, but he underestimated his uh, his opponent. Got a little cocky, but yeah. I think that's good. Everyone needs like if you're a undefeated humble, guy, a slice of humble pie. Exactly. He only also he also only had two total strikes. I also think I think there should be a southern guy commentating every sport. Like imagine if Joe Rogan had like a really deep southern accent. Yeah, Daryl Waltrip should just be covering <laughs> all sports. <laughs> that's what I see in an inch. Just just find. Maybe a Michael Waltrip. He he does all the all the sports. But yeah, I just need some guy with a thick Southern accent. To yeah, do it. like Daniel Cormier. He has like a he should be like have a Cajun accent. Yeah, but he tries very hard to just not be from like Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about UFC. When we get back. Yeah. All right. All right. PSA time. All right, we're back. More tough scenes here on Weagle, 91.1 FM. Yeah, quick. Uh, also, just saw us on Instagram. Quick shout-out, Jabari Smith Jr. Um, from the Auburn University. Oh, yeah. First rookie in NBA history with 1,000-plus points, 500-plus rebounds, 50-plus blocks, and 100-plus three-pointers in his rookie year. Um, shout-out him. Yeah, shout-out. If they can get maybe, like, one other good player, the Rockets might win a game. Well, they got Jalen Green. The the basketball guys like Ryan Rosillo, they tell me that Jalen Green just uh he's just like a he's like that guy that you play with in YMCA. You're like, dude, why don't you just just pass? Yeah, uh, so a ball hog. Yeah. Okay. So that makes Jabari Smith's rookie year look even better then. Yeah, like the he didn't get the ball a lot because Jalen Green's a ball hog. So the few times he did. Yeah, he I don't know. Count. I don't know. Uh, if Jabari was the first, I like I kind of like him as the second option because then people could sleep on him, you know. And then he'll no, just yeah, he's the perfect. Three. He's the perfect number two to like Dame Lillard or Luka Doncic. Like yeah. Luka Doncic drives in the lane, draws them all in, bang three pointer. Yeah. Pass to him on the top of the key, jump shot. Boom. 
But, yeah. And it'll get a board for you because Luka does miss a lot. He does miss a lot. He also takes a lot of shots. He also – they suck now, but uh, we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. It's, UFC it's, 287. It's um. All right. So, starting off with the uh, main card, Rosas. Paul Rosas. Uh, had a very dominant first round. Thought he was going to get a standard, standing rear naked choke finish, and then I think he just exerted all of his energy, and he was dead the second and third round. Yeah. So, some fight stats – um, he landed like five punches. Right? Total strikes. The guy who fought Christian Rodriguez, who won via decision. Uh, total strikes. Christian Rodriguez landed 83 of his 115, putting him at a percentage of 72.2. So 83. Uh, Paul Rosas landed two of 19 for a percentage of 10.5%. Um, yeah, so Christian Rodriguez, he went in. Imagine. You met a, a UFC fighter, and you saw him on Sunday, and he's like, I fought last night. And you're like, really? Like, I want to see the other guy. And he's like, yeah, I got punched literally only two times. Like, yeah. My face is perfect. Yeah. I mean, the dude was just wrestling him. Uh, got him in some really, like, bad positions in the first <laughs> round. And then after that, it was just. Yeah, yeah Paul Rosas or Raul. Raul. Raul Rosas. Raul Rosas. Is a very good, very good wrestler. Yeah, you can tell he was better wrestler than Christian Rodriguez. I think he just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know wrestling, but I feel like he just needs to get more experience. Um, I think he underestimated Rodriguez. I think he thought that he would beat him in the first round, and he exerted a lot of energy while wrestling in the first round. Yeah, like he got and like a little just excited. Yeah, probably. I mean, he is he like eighteen or nineteen years him. old. Yeah. Uh, the fight maturity is not all the way there yet, obviously. Um, no, but he'll he's be definitely, back, though. He'll yeah, be good. He, he's, he's definitely a name to watch out for. Yeah, and in, in bantamweight, who's champion at bantamweight right now? 135? Yeah. Um, is it? Um, is it Aljamain, or is he 125? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, a top from, like, the top two or three guys in bantamweight, like, it's pretty wide open. I think he can move up the ranks pretty quickly still, even though he's got a loss. Yeah. Um, Just got to get back to the – Sean O'Malley's had a loss before. Yeah. Uh, and his, when his, like, ascent to stardom, and he's got a title shot right now. Is he actually? Yeah, Henry Cejudo's out. I don't know why. Wait, did that come out today? Uh, I saw Aljamain posted on Instagram. Oh, I did not see that. That's breaking news to me. Because they were promoting the fight um, <laughs> on – Saturday. Um, Let me go here. News. Hmm. Um, Interessante. I, w- uh, I watched a video today on how Bo Nickel is the greatest UFC prospect of the past, like, however long. And I don't know. For some reason, that was, like, super surreal to me because I watched literally his entire collegiate wrestling career. And now he's going like he's probably going to get a top ten guy in his next fight, even though he's had one fight on a main. Like his first fight ever in the UFC was on a main card. Like he opened yeah. up a main card, and like, and he beat him in like two minutes. Yeah, that's just crazy to me. Like he's going to fight Izzy in the next if Izzy becomes or remains champ. Like he's going to fight him in the next two years probably. I saw something from Michael Chandler that he uh, Michael Chandler said if I was. Bo Nichols' manager, I'd tell him to pump the brakes on calling out all the top guys because he thinks that there's still still levels to this. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. 
Um, thing that scares me, Bo Nickel did lose the national championship his freshman year. That was a long time ago. Yeah, but he might lose his first title shot, but then he's gonna he's never gonna lose again. Yeah, true. Um, he's one eighty five, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess he's t- very tall. You want to talk about Rob Font or Kevin Holland fight at all? Um, well, uh, the there was a knockout in the Font fight that was really cool, and then Holland just kind of dominated his fight. I think he also he yeah he had a a back fist. Like yeah, he, he, he missed. He, he like the backhanded hook, him, and then yeah, he he just like back yeah he backhanded him and knocked him out. Yeah, like knocked. Yeah, it was, it was pretty was, cool. Yeah, that was awesome to watch. Oh, Braves won. Braves won in ten innings. My bad. Breaking news though. Braves. Who's won. pitcher? Not AJ Minter. It was uh yeah no uh the starter was Elder. Really yeah, so Kevin Holland he kind of dominated his fight. The guy who was fighting is kind of old. Yeah, um, then Jorge Masvidal just had like the typical like. Oh, you're an old legend in the UFC. Let's just throw you to the wolves. Yeah, pretty Gilbert much. Burns. Yeah, it's like every time like there's an old legend who's like definitely on the backside of his career and like probably gonna retire in his this like next couple fights. Uh, UFC's like let's just let's just get like as much out of him as we can. Let's give him like an absolute killer and sell this fight as if like it's gonna be a good fight. And then Gilbert Burns is just gonna. Did, like dominate Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, they the basically fight. like what they were trying to do to the Nate Diaz. Yeah, like you, there is it was so much clearer. Gilbert Burns, like his punches were just sharper, seemed faster, seemed like he moved faster, quicker. Just a, he's a better fighter. Yeah, he's also like yeah. I think even if Jorge Masvidal this fight happened four years ago, Gilbert Burns still wins. Yeah, Masvidal is uh, like a legend. Yeah, Maslow's a legend. He has a bunch of fights, 35 yeah. and 17. I did not know he has that many fights. I mean, he started on Kimbo Slice's undercard, like on his street fights. Yeah, Miami he literally was just like becoming a street guy that just fought in backyards. Yeah, to becoming like a UFC legend. Yeah, which, I mean, that's awesome. Um, who He didn't beat. Did he beat Leon? No, they haven't even fought ever. But, uh, yeah. One of the best trash talkers in the UFC. Um, he was entertaining to watch because he just refused to, like, do anything on the ground. <laughs> so, like, if you Hori Masvidal fight, he's getting knocked out or he's knocking our guy out. Yeah, that knock – He, I remember when he knocked out Darren Till. That was a, that was a devast- that was devastating like knockout. Of, and then the Ben Askren. That made him go to boxing. Darren Till says he boxed it now. Yeah, I mean, that's he, – he probably should have just boxed. I think he would have been a great boxer. Yeah, he also just, like, his he didn't have, like, work ethic at all. Uh, like, he was just, like, a huge partier. And he yeah. just kind of, like, didn't when he take was, it very seriously. When he was, like, getting championship fights and, like, working his way, I think he did. And then after he lost that one, like, I thought he'd be back. Yeah, he had, like, a four-fight run, like, on his come-up. Like, that was, like, where you thought, like, dude, this guy could be, like... Maybe one of the greats. Yeah. And beat Wonderboy. Yeah, and like he like they were just sick knockouts. And then he finally lost and you're, and then he was just like, uh not training. Yeah, and uh, and he he wasn't losing the Woodley fight really until he lost. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, then it just went to the ground and Woodley was just like Well Woodley Woodley knocked him down. <laughs> yeah, I mean he knocked him down, but yeah. Uh, Dude, yeah, I mean, you remember that we were in high school. Darren Till is one of those UFC stories that everyone wanted to work out and didn't. Yeah, which kind of sucks. 
It's almost th- like having a. It's almost like he's like a first round bust of UFC. Yeah, I I think he like was better than Patty ever has been, and he's also from Liverpool. Like I I was. I was I would have I was so much higher on Darren Till than I have ever been. I'm on excited Patty. to see Patty's next fight because everyone Patty, I mean, his last fight no one thought he won. They thought he just got I'm that included. They thought he just got that decision because it's Patty. And uh but he still like even after that, like he went out and was like, No, I won, blah 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 and he was like very hot on the mic, you could yeah. say. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And so I feel like right now he's kinda of taking like a break. Out of the, the limelight. Yeah. Because he kind Maybe of... Maybe he's getting in shape. Kind of made everyone really mad the last time he was, like, really loud on Twitter and in the media. So, I'm excited to see who he fights next, because... I, I want to... Cl- like, I like Patty, too. Like, I do, too. Like, I don't but, think he's, like, a an like, outstanding prospect to be, like, a the UFC champ. Yeah, and but, like, it, it sucks for, for those fighters fight. who, like, when you think one guy got robbed, like, it makes you just not like the guy who won, but yeah. it really is, like, not. Like, he didn't score it. Like the judges yeah. did, which like I mean sucks for Patty, but I mean, he got. It was still a close fight though. He got to get paid like he won, so I guess that makes up for yeah. it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you it's it's a sport where you can knock somebody out to guarantee a win, or make them tap. Yeah, and you can you, you can take it out of the judges' hands. Yeah, and no, he did not. Um, I know that's you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, but but yeah, I'm excited to see because like. You technically have to give him a better fighter than the last guy he fought, right? But yeah. no one th- thought he beat the last guy he fought, so shouldn't he definitely lose to this next guy? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? UFC's crazy. But uh, now to the, f- the main event. Uh, Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya for the hundred for the middleweight 185-pound belt. With two guys that don't look like they weigh 185 pounds. Nope. They look like they weigh 225. Yeah, they're both like massive. Yeah, they're both like six three, six four, and they just basically, if you want to like look it up, um, when they actually weighed in, so they do the ceremonial weigh-ins like on the stage with Joe Rogan and all the press and wherever. But that's like a day after or like that night. A few hours. Yeah, it's like that night. After they've already like gotten to drink a lot, so it doesn't look the same. If you can try to find like the official weigh-ins. Where they actually have to make 185 pounds. Both these guys look like zombies. Yeah. Like it's it look both their eyeballs look like they're popping out of their head. Their skin is so tight. It look it looks crazy. But uh yeah, they somehow got down to 185. Fourth fight between these two. Yeah, so Izzy won the first one in kickboxing. No, he lost. But they say it it was a decision that Izzy should have won. Oh, so Pereira was three and zero against him. Yeah. Oh. But everyone but no one kind of but uh, I, always I heard Joe Rogan talking about this. He's 3-0, and but no one counts that first one because apparently Izzy dominated him in that first fight, wow. and Pereira got the decision. And then in the second fight, Izzy had Pereira rocked, but Pereira got saved by the standing eight count, and then Pereira ended up coming back and knocking out Adesanya. Yeah. So. And then the third fight, he knocked him out in the UFC. And he got saved by the bell. Oh, wait, no. No, no, no. He just knocked him out in the fifth round. Oh, yeah, I know. He was but losing I mean, the fight. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Adesanya, though, in the first round, basically knocked him out. Oh, yeah. And then got – so, like, this is w- – it is 3-0, but it's way more even than everybody – than 3-0 would suggest. Yeah, and then Izzy – I do think Pereira was winning that fight. Yeah, I think it was, he like, was, super even. And then Pereira um, got that – there was a flurry before the flurry. Yeah, I think it was super even up until it happened. Uh, 
Second round. Second round. I always this always can has confused me, and I don't think I've ever figured it out. So it says round two, uh, four minutes and twenty one seconds. Does that mean it's four minutes and twenty one seconds into, into the next yeah, round? Yeah. Or that's what was left. No, that was okay. It, it happened. Round? It happened very close to the end of the round. Yeah. So the first round. I think was pretty even, but you obviously like if I was a judge and I had to score it, I'd score it like ten nine Pereira. Yeah, the, goes to the champ. Yeah, it goes to the champ. I think that was close. The second round, I think it was still close. It was just if I mean if Izzy didn't land that punch, it would have been ten nine Pereira. I think so. they like landed the same amount of shots. It was just when Pereira hits you, like you're taking a step back. Yeah. Even if it's just a jab because he's so such a big dude, whereas Adesanya was hitting Pereira and it just didn't seem like he was doing as much damage. Yeah, but like Conor McGregor said, accuracy over power. And that's what got, I mean, that's what got Pereira. I mean, Pereira opened up. Was he, I mean, he was pounding Adesanya in the corner. Like, Adesanya was shelled up, and then he went for, like, a knee, kind of opened his body up, and then Adesanya – me and Egan watched it from an alternate angle, and it was it was awesome. Adesanya threw like a, a left Shot a left jab, out of a cannon, a left jab to like gauge the distance, and then just a it was like an overhand hook, right just straight like something. It was, it was an it overhand was, hook straight well, it, something. That fist was shot out of a cannon. Yeah, it was just dude. a punch, dude. It was. It, just it a, seemed like the like also just like. The fastest punch, quickest punch. I don't yeah, know. I like, recommend. Uh, we're about to go to PSAs. I recommend at PSAs to rewatch that. That that, that punch, knockout. like that punch. I guess I'll use a different uh, baseball term. That punch was like a hundred two four seam fastball. Yeah, like it, then, it wasn't like it wasn't you know he wasn't throwing like a curveball eighty seven. That was a heater coming straight yeah. down the middle. And then the one that knocked him down was just a a crazy slider. Yeah, that had a ton of movement, yeah. and like he start, it started up outside the box. It came like right down, hit the dirt, and the guy swinging strike. Yeah, I mean it just hit him right on, like right on the temple, like right above the ear. And I mean, and accuracy, that, man. And then that final hammer fist when he was already on the ground was like uh, yeah, it was just the cherry on top. Yeah, it was like the reliever coming in and just one, two, three, slam down. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got to go to PSAs. I highly recommend like if you're into the UFC. Uh, you know, wa- watching that that punch, it's just it, it's uh, crazy. Even if you're not in the UFC, it's just a very it's a martial art, like it entertaining art. video. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. All right, we're back. More tough scenes here on WEGL ninety one point one FM, and I'm rewatching the punch. And I mean, yeah, when prayer puts your hands on you, you take a step back. Like he, I yeah, think he, he throws some... like a hook here or a straight and. Uh, Adesanya takes like three steps back and gets him on the cage, and then Adesanya just kind of tricked him. Yeah, he played possum. He shelled up, curled up, kind of. It's like watching the fight. You're like, oh, this is over. Adesanya's like just trying to defend himself, like he's not doing anything. And then as soon as you think like this fight's over, bang. Yeah, Adesanya just come, just like wakes up, stands up, punches him, out. It was awesome. Um. Yeah, we have differing opinions on that uh, because I'm not the biggest fan of Izzy. I will say the arrow celebration. Uh, that was that was cold. Yeah, yeah. And then him looking at his, like, 10-year-old son and then falling <laughs> down, acting like he was knocked out like his son did to him, like, five years ago. That was um, pretty funny. Some people would say that was cold. Some people would say that's classless. Some people um, would say, not me. Yeah, not me. Um, 
I'm not going to say it. I just, I wanted Adesanya to win because I feel like if you have the belt and then you get it taken and then you come try to get it back and you lose a second time, I feel like your career's not over, but you're definitely done, like, being up in the title fights. You know what I mean? Once you lose twice to the guy with the belt, you're kind of just, like, sitting around. You're kind of just in no man's land. You're in championship purgatory. You're basically you're basically Gilbert Burns, yeah. where like you're gonna be the number three or four guy, number like two, three or four guy in your weight class for the rest of your career, like Im- like whenever someone comes up and like get breaks into the top five, they give them to you first, where they give them to the, like the champion, like Gilbert Burns is basically the guy that's like, all right, like we think he should get a title fight, but we can't give it to him yet. Let's give him Gilbert Burns. Yeah, he's the. He's the the number one contender's contender. Yeah, that's and that I feel like that's what would have happened to Adesanya, and I don't want that. I want Adesanya to stay up there because I I love when Adesanya fights. He sells fight great. It's great. Trash I don't like talker. his mic skills at all. Really? Yeah, no. I, I think he was, he's good. He was kind of cringy. No, yeah, this one was this one was cringy, but all the other ones I like those. This one was cringy. The dog collar was. I was like, I do not like that at all. That was weird. Yeah. I'll agree with you with this fight, the dog collar thing. That was weird. But I like when it is Adesanya's up fighting for titles, getting title defenses, things like that. I just liked when – I like Adesanya when he doesn't try and point fight and he, like, actually, like, tries to knock people yeah. out like he did this fight. Like, and I like it more now because it's 1-1. You got to fight a third time. Yeah. He does not – I don't think he wants that rematch. I don't. Like, but everything from what he's saying, he kind of has no choice. Yeah, he, I mean, Pereira, Pereira gave him a rematch. He's got to give Pereira a rematch. Yeah, no, I I think Pereira win, wins the rubber match. But it, uh, it already sounds like Israel does not want to fight him. <laughs> like he he knows. He, like I don't think he knows that he caught him. Like I wouldn't say that. Like I think is he like he. Yeah, he, he just better, knows he that better fighter. He just knows that it's Alex Pereira is like a way tougher fight than anybody else at 185. Yeah, like he's. That is a fight that no one wants to do. Yeah, like, I'm looking at their stats right now um, for the fight, and they both landed about, they both threw and both landed about the same amount of punches. It's just Alex Pereira's has more weight behind him. Stonehands. Stonehand. But, uh, dude, what do they do now? I mean, you could just schedule Alex Pereira out of Sonya as the next fight. Uh, yeah. Pereira could go to 205, get that belt. But I don't feel like he will. I feel like in, in Pereira's mind, since he just lost, if he goes to a different weight class, to him he feels like that would be like running away. Yeah. So I feel like he's going to want to stay in 185. Oh, dude, I, I, we need the third fight, man. We need it. But dude, I, that's why I like Adesanya winning, so I feel like it creates more yeah, drama, better fights in the future. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I just Gilbert Burns also, I mean, he's got to be in line for a title shot. Again, even though we just said he's that guy that will never get a title shot again. Yeah, him. I think I think he might. Has Hamzat fought him yet? Yeah, I think I so. I think they did, right? Yeah. I and think Hamzat might get a title shot. Well, Dana White has already said that. Colby. It's going to be Colby versus. Um, Leon. Versus Leon. Yeah, so uh, they did fight, and Hamzat won via decision. Yeah, that was his, that was a really good fight. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Dude, now. like Gilbert Burns is a really good fighter. Yeah, I just feel like Dana White doesn't think he sells fights like the other guys, which is why he doesn't get 
to shine. Yeah. Because, I mean, he speaks, like, broken English. He's not really, like, talking a bunch of trash. Like all his... I feel like fighters like that need way more respect. I know, but Dana White hates those fighters. Yeah, because they, I mean, they could just go to the George St. Pierre route and be like, man, he's a, just a total martial artist, like, and sell his fight by how he fights. Like, Dana yeah. White really is not the best person Promoter. to be in, like, that position. Yeah, me and Egan were talking about this. Because, like, he's show. publicly come out and been like, yeah, this guy, that was such a boring fight. Do You guys, you guys hated that, right? And just like remember Damian Maya, Tyron yeah. Woodley, like and he just like like he'll come like he basically he just wants like what Dana White wants is boxing but inside of a UFC ring, yeah, and just like that's just what he and like maybe add some kicks so there's not like kick knockouts but that's just all he wants. Yeah, he's anti MMA. He literally has ch- turned Colby Covington into a villain because Colby Covington was like a normal guy. Yeah. He was like, everyone liked him. Just normal guy, cool, easy going. And then Dana White was like, yeah, we're not, like, you're good. You're, like, ranked number five, but, like, you're not entertaining. You don't sell fights, so we're not re-signing you. So he's like, well, now I got to do something. So now yeah. he has created this character that he doesn't really act like. Yeah, I wish that, uh, I wish that the UFC was more, like, I don't want to say structured, but I wish that there was... It was more sport based than it is selling fights, and I know that doesn't make them more money, but they're already worth billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, and like they have a TV deal. Like once you have the TV deal, is when like you should focus on the sport because you can't just terminate a TV contract. I almost would like. You know. I want the UFC to allow. Um... And I wish there was like a better scoring system. I want the UFC to allow, like, catchweight bouts. Say, like, a 170 and a 185 wanted to fight each other, but they didn't want to do either. They didn't want to go 185 because then the 180, like, that guy would obviously have an advantage. 170, the 170 guy would obviously have an advantage. Maybe they go, like, 177. 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5, yeah. 180. Do, like, a catchweight fight. Because they've always talked about doing that with, like, Conor McGregor fighting, like, a 170 guy, like, 160. 165. Yeah. Wish they would do more like of that type of stuff, or just add more weight classes. Or it's just like a yeah, or just add more weight because like there needs to be something in between 170 and 185, and then 155 and 170. Yeah, because Gilbert Burns has fought at 155 before. He would just was just a little too big of a 155er. There needs to be like a, but there think needs about to be a 165. There, think about if there was a 165, Gilbert Burns would run that division because that'd be perfect for him. He's just like a little bit too, little bit too small of a one seventy guy, but was too big to make one fifty five consistently. I mean, it would get rid of a lot of the cutting weight problems, for sure. Yeah. Um, like I don't know why there's 160, not a one ninety five. A one sixty or a one ninety five would be so awesome for yeah. the UFC. I don't. I don't like a lot of people say, "Oh, that's what killed boxing." More weight classes. I think it was more for boxing. They tried to sell fights more than like. I don't even really watch. Yeah, but boxing like boxing aside from Tyson Fury. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of people say that like uh, the more weight classes uh, is what killed boxing. I think it's more of like more organizations became involved in the sport of boxing, and that's always just. Well, it be... just did do the fights. There's and just way too many belts. It's WDC. Yeah, WBO. I know. Yeah, too many organizations, and then. 
with that, there's also they're just trying to sell like in boxing. There's no UFC of boxing. Like there's no sole organization. Yeah, they basically just made a bunch of organizations so there could be like three champions at the same weight class in boxing, so that like they could just say that, hey, look, my fighter's a champion. Yeah, whereas, and sell like, the fight. Yeah, whereas all the fans are just like, can you like maybe unify them? Yeah. Like, let's see who's actually the best. And they're like, no, because that would mean the potential of my guy actually losing his belt. And I, we don't want that. We, why would we want that? So we're just not going to do it. Yeah. I, d- I don't like, like that. And it's like, so, uh, why would you do it? Because uh, it's boxing? And they're like, we don't care. We I just want to make money. I don't know. I wish the UFC wasn't solely, like, just pure. Not pure. Because I do think they have some fighters. Yeah, we need Joe Rogan running it instead of Dana White. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Uh we, we, I just am tired of, like, the guys who could sell fights getting these top-tier fights. Uh, Colby Co- basically Colby Covington, who's lost, like, his last two out of three fights, but he's got another title shot coming up. Yeah, but, I mean, he... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got me there. You got me there. No, I'm, I'm not trying to... I'm just agreeing with you that, like, he he's getting title fights just because he's good on the mic. Yeah. But it's not really from his performance. I'm not trying to – yeah, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah, um, we we hate Colby Covington. <laughs> I think he's a good – I think he's a good fighter. Oh, yeah, he is a good Obviously. fighter. He just – I mean, if Usman wasn't the champ, he'd be the champ. Yeah, he is a or good fighter, but, like, time. he should not be getting the title shot over some of the other guys. Yeah, other, other Burns and – Comes out. Comes out. But I do think Colby would be – I think the fight should be Colby Hamzat, whoever wins that gets the title shot. I think Hamzat beats him. Not going to lie, because I think Hamzat's like, I think they're like same fighting style, but Hamzat's just bigger. Yeah. And a little bit more stronger. There's also talks of Hamzat, because uh, he, the, what, I think the last time he fought in 170, he just missed it like horribly. Yeah, he's but like 177. Apparently, apparently he, they're talking about him just, just saying like, all right, I'm just going to 185. That'd be interesting. Hamzat on Asanya. Hamzat Bonickel. Hamzat Bonickel, that would be Bonickel did call him out. Yeah, that would be a crazy wrestling fight. I I mean that would be like my perfect fight probably. That would be so awesome. To so um, just be elbows flying from like they're on like they're whoever's both, on their back is just like gonna be throwing elbows to guy on top, just ground and pound. Yeah, and they're both just like the same build too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, that would be great. Fight. That was UFC talk. Yeah, that was talking UFC, that was talking talking punches. Yeah, we get back to talk about some uh, NBA. Some some hoops. Playoffs. All right, we'll be back. All right, we're back. More tough scenes here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Let's talk some basketball. Basketball. We're playing basketball. We're playing basketball. Um, playing game. Start tomorrow. Yep. Uh, let's go through them. Uh, I think they're going to be – these are going to be – Good matchups too. Uh, I know the Heat are playing the Hawks uh, for mm. the seven eight. I think I'm gonna go Heat there. Um, yeah, I can. I mean, I could see that happening. I I don't really want it to. I kind of want the Hawks to win. I kind of um, want the Hawks, but uh, I don't think I don't think the Hawks are. You know how in NBA there's like uh, if you do NBA rebuild on the video game, there's like team chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, their team chemistry is real low. I'm I'm hearing, and the and the owners have given the front office the the okay, the green light to shop Trey Young around. Yeah, I don't like that for the Hawks, but it's good for Trey Young. I mean, 
if they want to trade you, you're a really, really good player. You're gonna be really, you're gonna be really good on the team. Yeah. So apparently they don't. The Hawks, uh, they want to shop around Trey Young. Is what I saw on Instagram. Could be wrong. Could be right. But uh, and I think like Jimmy Butler just turns it on in the playoffs. Yeah, he does. It's weird. Like the Heat could be, if Jimmy Butler played the way he did in the playoffs, like a superstar, all year long, they could easily be top three seed. But all year, Jimmy Butler just kind of plays like a role player, like a really solid role player, and they don't really have a true number one on that team. So that's why they're in the play-in. But then in the playoffs, he's like, oh, I think I'll play like superstar today. Yeah. And so that's why I think the Heat are going to win, and I don't think anyone wants to play the Heat in the playoffs, in the playoffs to yeah. be honest. Really well coached. Well coached. Bam Adebayo's solid. On offense and defense, Jimmy Butler, same thing. Solid on offense and defense. Like you have to play. You have to play your best game. You have to. You don't have to. I don't know if you have to play your best game, but you have to play very solid on like on every aspect aspect of the game. Rebounding, yeah. offense, defense. The other playing game tomorrow is the Lakers T Wolves, and I think the Lakers are just going to destroy the T Wolves. I do too because Timberwolves, um, Rudy Gobert is not it's even team going. Team chemistry, <laughs> <laughs> zero. <laughs> yeah, talking about team chemistry, uh, negative. Yeah, they're yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know, um, Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert on literally the last game of the year, <laughs> started uh, <laughs> like literally they're about to play in a playing game. It's about to be the playoffs, last game of the year. I don't even think they needed to win it. I think yeah, they didn't need to win it. They just needed to like get through that game, like and so they can go to the play in. And uh apparently there was an argument on the sideline where Kyle Anderson said, How about you uh F bomb block? And then Rudy Gobert was like, How about you get some rebounds? And then Kyle Anderson Kyle Anderson was like, um, shut the F up. Bleep. And then Rudy, Rudy Gobert, you know, like, have you, have you ever seen, like, two five-year-olds, like, get mad at each other, and one of them just kind of, like, reaches over and, like, just kind of hits open fist, hits him in the chest? Yeah. That's what Rudy Gobert did. Rudy Gobert just, like, reached over, punched him in the chest, and then immediately retreated. Like, ran away. It was the most French thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he initiated battle and left. Yeah, no, he initiated battle, and then, like, what do they call it when they... Why am I blanking on this word? Retreat. Retreated and waved a white flag immediately after he punched oh, him. Oh, surrendered. <laughs> surrendered. Like, yeah. he, he he hit him, he started the war, and then surrendered. It was the most French thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, and now he's not traveling with the team in the most important game of the year. Yeah. Especially for the T-Wolves, because, I mean, they won the playing game last year and celebrated like they and won the, 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 the championship. They were, they were so upset at him that the T-Wolves general manager came down from the press box, walked into the locker room, and sent Carl Anthony Towns home from that game. Wow. Said, go home. And this is like me. He, this he is, saved him. And this isn't even a full 12 months after they just traded four first-round picks and Walker Kessler for him. Yeah, who was like Dude, how, the best four first-round picks for, for Rudy, Rudy Gobert? Gobert? Holy. Oh, it was, this is the worst trade of all time. Fleeced. How did, how did the NBA even let this go through? Yeah, they didn't let the Chris Paul to the Lakers go through. The NBA, the NBA literally should have went to the Timberwolves and been like, "Like you guys are about to make such a dumb move and give them your next first round pick for the next four years." And like, Rudy Gobert is not good. Like he's not going to make your team better. So we're just going to not let this trade go through. 
and for the betterment of your team. Like that's what they should have told him. How did like when this trade happened? How did we just like? How are we just like okay? How do we yeah? How do we just sweep this one? Four first round picks. As soon as this trade was announced, we should have all just like sat there and laughed at the team. Yeah. Um, but it's because they won their playing game last year. We thought that maybe Rudy Gobert can bring in something. I mean, uh, I, I don't know who. Who do they have running the Timberwolves that thought like, hey guys, Kevin Garnett loved it though. Like, hey guys, we got this. Uh, we got this guy Walker Kessler from Auburn. Um, same size, does the same thing as Rudy Gobert. Um, actually, actually might be better offensively than Rudy Gobert. Better <laughs> contract, but I think we need to get rid of him and get a more expensive guy. For I think we need to get rid of Walker Kessler and get the more expensive French version of him. Yeah, <laughs> and give up four first round picks in the process. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so Timberwolves are going to be horrible for the next 10 years because they don't have a first-round pick, and they got, they got a Rigo Bears contract that no one's going to take in a trade. Yeah. Uh, and then the tomorrow, or two days from now game, you have the Bulls versus Raptors in the 9-10 and the Thunder Pelicans in the 9-10. I don't know who to pick in either of these two games because I don't think Zion's playing. Thunder. Thunder are just that team this year. Thunder, I do like Shea, Gil- Shea Gildress Alexander. Uh, they're a super young team too. I like Giddy too. Yeah, and there's there's a possibility. Chet Holmgren plays. Chet Holmgren could play. Ooh. They uh they activated him off of the IR. IR. They say that maybe if they win their playing game, he can play in that first series. That'd so be I'm pretty cheering, cool. So I'm cheering for the Thunder. So I want to see Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Thunder by a million. Thunder by a million because I don't think Zion's playing, which that's also unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, like, Zion started this year so well. And as it was like, here we go. As and a then, team who has played the Pelicans in a playing game uh, as of last year, Pelicans just kind of turned up in the playing game. Do they really? Yeah, uh, CJ McCollum dropped like 30 on the I don't like that. Because uh, I want the Thunder to win. And Brandon Egram's also really good at basketball. Brandon Egram is very good at basketball. I want I I'm just gonna will the Thunder to victory. Yeah, same. Because I want them to win. I want to see uh, Bulls Raptors. <laughs> Who cares? They're going. Yeah, to that slept. one. That one is not gonna. I think that's gonna be one of those games. It's like ninety six to ninety. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, they didn't even get a hundred. Come on. They uh, both of those teams are losing. Whoever loses the the seven. They're the, they're just gonna both lose the playing game. Like they're just yeah. the the Bucks get a first round bye. Um. And yeah, that's talking playing. I was talking playing. Mavericks uh, just completely avoided the play-in by just throwing the rest of the games. And yeah. on Slovenia night, play- on Slovenia night, playing Luca one quarter. The, I kind of understand why they did it though, because they're playing the Knicks, right? I believe. I don't know. And so Slovenia. in that trade for Kristaps Porzingis, uh, they gave the Mavs gave the Knicks this year's you know 2023 pick, mm-hmm. but it's top ten protected. And if they lost that game to the Knicks, that pick goes back into the top ten, and the Mavs can keep it. Yeah, but isn't that so like they had to lose? So they like had to lose that game. Tanking? Uh, yeah, but is the NBA gonna do anything about it? No, they're investigating. Uh, I hope they do something about it because that's like literally why they did it because it, it was against the Knicks, and if they won that game, they lose that pick. Yeah, and they're just gonna get beat in the playing. So they wanted to lose that game. Um, looks like Jason Kidd's out, and uh, Kyrie didn't do his uh, 
what's it called? His. We're, I mean, like, I was talking to my dad about it, and he said there has been, but in recent memory, I can't think of a bigger, like, cancer to a team than Kyrie Irving. Gilbert Arenas is up there. Yeah, my dad said Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown didn't make the team like bad. Yeah, he yeah. was just he won a Super Bowl. He, he was just <laughs> like he was just such a headache to deal with. Yeah, and sometimes like they and like most teams got rid of him before he was able to ruin their team. Like I feel like it's kind of hard to have a cancer in a football locker room. But like, I'm dude, trying to think what, what who else has been like, like a. a no, I kind of feel player. good about it though because it's kind of like it. I it's literally exactly what I said. Like when that trade happened, I was like two months, two months until he gets tired of being in Dallas. And right now is around the two month mark, and he says he hates the fans, he hates the coaches, he's talking to the fans in the middle of the game. Why don't you come down here and try it? And it's like, oh my god! And then they're out of the play-in. Luka Doncic says he's having the worst time he's ever had playing basketball. Like he, Kyrie Irving, came to Dallas. And 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 he's a free agent, so he's gonna leave. Yeah, I feel like at when Kyrie's like retired and like his career's over, it's gonna be like a fever dream that he played for the Dallas Mavericks. Like he came he there, only for played there for two months. Two months, didn't play all the games. It's like a- rested a lot of them because he was like had weird injuries or load management, ruined the entire organization. Um. Like, they traded Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and picks, like, all young pieces for a guy that came to ruin. Like, so basically what the Dallas Mavericks did is they traded Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and picks for, you know how, like, there's that show Bar Rescue? Mm -hmm. Or, like, Jason, what's his last name, Teffer, something Something like like that? that. Comes in, fixes it. They basically, they they traded Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and picks to have a guy like that come in and do the opposite. Yeah. It's like, all right, come in. Here we go. We paid you all this stuff. Here's the players. Here are the picks. Come in and ruin my organization. I think it would be hilarious if they traded for Jalen Brunson. He's like, they could have just re-signed him. Yeah, they could have just re-signed him, and now they're going to talk about trading for him. Like, I think that would be funny. And it's like, and they asked Luka Doncic this week if they he misses him or not, and he's like, I miss him more than any other player I've played with. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the thing oh. is, is, Kyrie's been good on the Mavericks. Luca has not with since the Kyrie trade. And it's like, like Mark Cuban said, "All right, here's my offer. I'll give you seven hundred thousand dollars for five percent of the business, and you come in and you just screw up my organization, flip <laughs> it upside down, turn it into a dumpster fire. You're make, hired. Make my job interesting, please. Make my job a headache. Yeah." He's like, I've been, I've been a billionaire, living the good life for way too long. I need to get back to my grindstone. Yeah, no grindstone. Make my life horrible. Yeah. Make me have to grind to get, get this business back on its feet. I'm trying to get out of doing Shark Tank. Please. Maybe that's exactly what he did. He's like, I've just been a billionaire. My life's been like amazing, private jets and like whatever I want for like the last 30 years. I need to get back to that mindset of just like everything. Let's, trade for, Let's like, trade for Kyrie. Like he's like. I want to get back to the feeling of, like, I'm broke, my business is failing, and i got to work hard to get it right. Trade for Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that's how it went. Like, <laughs> oh, but uh, the Dallas Mavericks GM, like, who, <laughs> what, what are you doing? He should be fired. He should be fired, but, dude, you're kind of have, you're like the backup QB gig right now. It's like, but you can do whatever you want, I'm not getting fired. 
you made just the worst trade ever. You know? Yeah. Let's Still see, here. Let's see you get out of this hole that you dig yourself into. I kind of I wouldn't mind seeing that. That's why he did it. He's like, I'm gonna make a horrible trade to show to then show how good of a GM I am. Yeah. By rebuilding <laughs> this horrible organization that's been ruined. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right, we gotta go to PSAs. When we come back. Uh, let's save the mock draft for next show. Yeah, because we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, and I want to spend like not not a lot of time on it, but more than like ten minutes. Yeah. Um. And what do you want to talk about? I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out over over yeah. the break. Yeah. It'll be a surprise for you guys. Maybe to get a back. school update. Maybe school. Um, Maybe. I don't know. There's got to be some sort of. Oh, Odo Beckham. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, um, yeah. PSAs. PSAs. All right. We're back. Last segment here of Tough Scenes here on WEGO 91.1 FM. And uh, the Ravens signed uh, Odell Beckham Jr. to like a $15 million guaranteed contract. And how much more money can he earn? I think it's max 18, but 15 is guaranteed. Um, I think Lamar's coming back now. It, it seems like the momentum has shifted. I just don't. I just. I just feel like Lamar's gonna be like, "Wait, you just gave him fifteen guaranteed, but I can't get guaranteed." I think they're they're definitely talking. I I don't know. I think that it got. I just. I, I think this is definitely. Raven, I think this is a move for the Ravens, like a like a desperation move, because they're they know that they just can't get Lamar back without doing it. Like without, so they're like, "All right, look, we got Odell. Come on, look, if, we got Odell for you. Come on, look." If. If Lamar doesn't come back to the Ravens, then you think Odell already asked for a trade? Yeah, Odell is going there with the assumption that Lamar Jackson is going to throw him the ball. And so if, like, I mean, if it's Tyler Hunt, I just th- I think Odell Beckham would ask for a trade even with Lamar Jackson because he's going to be the number two target after Mark Andrews in a extra- very run-heavy offense who just got a college coordinator. Who's going to probably run the ball even more? Yeah. So he's not going to get very many targets. It's not a pass-heavy offense at all. Um, and so I still, I like even with Mar Jackson, I don't think he's going to be happy. Uh, over under weeks that it takes for his dad to cut up a highlight tape of him on the Ravens with Lamar. Uh, with Lamar. With Lamar. Um, thirteen. Over thirteen weeks. Yeah, I think over third. I think it'll be a good like, part of the season. Like and past then, the trade deadline. Yeah, and I think it'll be like a good part of the season, and then when they kind of make a playoff push, maybe they run the ball a little bit more when they're trying to make a playoff push, and they don't get him the ball, and then his dad's gonna be like, "What the? Yeah, what happened? Time to time to cut up some film." Tyler Huntley though, week one. Yeah, <laughs> like the first preseason. Tyler Huntley, the first game is gonna be like, oh, he's wide open. Yeah. But uh, I mean that's good. That's a good pickup for them. He's still a good receiver. Hopefully, hopefully he was good last time we saw him. He, he didn't did. play all of last year. Yeah, but maybe that's good for him though. Get that. Maybe knee, it was get that knee rehab. But uh, back in prime of the OBJ, prime OBJ. I remember uh, when the Browns traded for him? I was like, oh, 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 oh my god! And then it just it went horribly. Yeah, y'all did make the playoffs though. We did make the playoffs. Twice, right? Um, no, just once. Pre- wait, yeah, no, we played two games in that playoffs. Yeah. 
That's more than you've ever seen in your lifetime. Though. But we did not, yeah. Um, Odell Beckham, we it was kind of like risk reward. What's the what's the price? So we get a playoff game, but then we all reel of how our quarterback sucks. Yeah, and then you went out and paid like a proven bad guy the worst contract in maybe sports. I don't know if it's the worst contract. I'd still give the worst contract to uh, Steven Strasburg. I don't even know who that is, to be honest. Nationals pitcher. Is he horrible? Uh, well, he's just on a really big contract, and he's always hurt. But like, yeah, he, the, they, the Nats won the World Series, and they let uh, Juan Soto go eventually. I'd uh, say Russell Wilson's contract oh. is, is worse. Yeah, but they don't have as much guaranteed money. I think Kyler Murray's could be worse. Uh, yeah, it could be. Because he's getting paid just as much. And uh, it's not all guaranteed, though. It's not all guaranteed, and but he's injured a lot, and he kind of just doesn't seem like a, he likes football at times. Yeah, but he's not like proven to be a bad guy, though. Yeah, no, that is true. <laughs> Even uh, though Cam Newton says he's a real stand-up guy, I had, he's I've grown to admire Desha- Deshaun Watson. That came from the mouth of Cam Newton. Do you think that uh, maybe he said that because he went to a Cam camp? Possibly. That could be possible. Is it possible that all of the QBs that Cam Newton said he would back up went to Cam Newton's QB camp at one point? Is that a coincidence? I don't I don't really think so. Me neither. I think he might be promoting his QB camp. Um, it's hard to get people to go to a QB camp when you're no longer a QB. Yeah, but then, you, I mean, you could just, like, just show your college highlight tape. True. And be, like, be like, guys, you can... Look, I know how to play quarterback. And they're like, um. Or your 2015 MVP highlight tape. True. Yeah, no, Cam Newton, like. All-time for, highlight. Yeah, guy. people forget. Literally, Cam Newton called highlight. Yeah, like, Cam Newton was the most entertaining football player for, like, four years. Yeah. Five years. One of the best rookie QBs of all time, too. Yeah, like, he. I wonder, would you take Cam Newton in 2015 over any other quarterback? For one game, if you were playing a Super Bowl and you had to win, well, and you if you're playing the Super Bowl, do I have Super okay, Bowl Fifty yeah, Cam? No, not Super Bowl Fifty Cam, okay. who's <laughs> not willing to jump on the fumble ball. But you have MVP Cam, who just is like run, going for a hundred yards and a touchdown on the ground, and it then like two fifty and three touchdowns through the air. Um, I'm to be honest, if I need to win one game. And it's just like I need to win this. It's the Super Bowl. I'm taking Cam, and we're running the ball a lot. Oh, dude! If Cam was on the Browns, or yeah, if the Cam's if Cam was on the Browns, but with the now, Ravens playbook, yeah. Oh, that would be dirty. That's a Madden dream right there. It is. Maybe I'll go home and just create Cam. Like yeah, prime Cam. Just make just take Anthony Richardson in the draft. Be like, change his no, name I hate that comparison, dude. Change his name to Cam Newton because Anthony Richardson. Has, did not do a quarter of what Cam did in college to get compared to Cam Newton. Well, you you can get yeah, but you can compare him like body wise though. But like, he's both like, like six five, both run like four fours. The tape, the tape tells no. No, lies. I agree with you, but the I'm tape saying tells no lie. I'm not. I'm not for, saying I disagree. I'm just for saying, Madden yeah. for Madden purposes. That's all that kind of matters. It's just like the height and weight. Uh, I am actually gonna make. I'm gonna look up Cam Newton from what Madden would that be? Madden. 16, yeah, and just create a player and do. How was he never on the cover of a Madden? He was the he's like the ideal cover athlete. Yeah, 
I mean, o- o- Odell was 16. I can understand, kind of understand. Not, not really. Cam should have been the cover. Yeah, no, he just had like the, one of the craziest MVP seasons ever. Won a yeah. Super Bowl, it's definitely been Cam. And then Madden 17 was Gronk. But I think, I think the Super Bowl, I think the Madden cover should just be the Super Bowl champion. Well, then Von Miller would have been the cover of it. I wouldn't have minded that. I think it should just be the Super Bowl champion. The MVP. Yeah, the Super Bowl MVP is the cover of Madden. Or the MVP of the league. I think it should be the MVP of the league. Yeah. Because then Cam would have got it. And then Matt Ryan would have been on the cover. Oh, but then. And then Drew Brees wouldn't have been on the cover of Madden 11. Yeah, but then we would never have, like, it would only be quarterback cover athletes. Yeah, but then maybe uh, they would switch it up more because people in the Madden community get to outrage and be like, we want running back. Covers. What they should do is let you cre- do a custom Madden game and you just pick whatever player you want to go on the cover. Oh, one time, uh, my 12, my I was 11, but I played it like a 12U football. Our trophy was just us on a Madden cover. Like they, That would be awesome. Yeah, and they made us look like like Madden players. Oh, that'd be, that's actually one of the coolest things ever. Uh, I have a picture of it. I can show it to you after the show. It's At the time, I thought it was awesome. But, yeah, that would be sick. I mean, it is pretty cool. It's cool. It's a good idea. The execution could have been done better, but, you know, I lived on a military base. That would be cool now. Put me on cover of Madden? Yeah. I'm sure you could do it. It would be sick. All right, well, that it's it's getting close to that time. About gonna, that time. About, about that, time. that time. We're going to have to end the show here. Got to leave. So, uh Hopefully, y'all tune back in on Monday, next Monday. Guardians also beat the Yankees today. Yankees suck. Yep. And the Braves won as well. Walk off, 10th inning. Sean Murphy. Let's go. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Tough Scenes. If you're interested in more sports content, visit weglfm.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at RileyZepp and at Egan.83. I hope everyone has a great rest of the week, and I'll see you next Monday at 9 with another episode of Tough Scenes.